0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of all combat sports, the legend, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, we're in the Trinity Boxing Club in-person episode, special occasion. How are you feeling? With
1: the great Martin Snow, the proprietor of this, uh, this place. He also has a place up the street. He does a great job. He helps kids in the neighborhood, too. Gives them boxing lessons, confidence lessons. Nothing better than boxing to give you direction and discipline and those things that we all need uh, at young ages. So, yeah, it's great to be here. It's great to be with you guys. We don't get too many opportunities to be together yep. to do one live. So it's great. And... Obviously, we made the most of it. You guys flew in for the fight at the Prudential Center. We'll talk about the UFC fights later, but um, you guys yeah. flew in, you had top seats. I, I see you right
0: there. I, I was joking with you, I went over to see you. I said you couldn't get better seats, you had front row. Uh, we could have gotten better seats. We could have been sitting with the head of the UFC like someone else <laughs> I know. I got about 25 text messages like, I see Teddy and Dana, where are you? So we're in the cheap seats, in the other front row on the other side. Front row, <laughs> front row. Uh,
1: but and it was great. I mean, I was very, um, I, I was just touched by the way that Dana made me feel so at home. To be quite honest, um, uh, you know how nice he was to me and just how humble he is about his own um, success and everything and the way he handles himself and the way that he's available to everyone to all the fans that came up to him and everything and and i was very humbled by the way that the ufc fans twenty thousand, electric atmosphere <laughs> how they um, greeted me how yeah. they they welcomed me they they allow me into their domain You know i'm a boxing guy i'm an old pug and they allow me into their domain and they're so gracious to me and so i i want people to know that's not missed uh on me that's that's taken in in a very serious way in a very grateful way um that kind of kindness by by people and the ufc people all of them one after another just all good at what they do and all gentlemen and 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 the great women too, like Megan. Mallevy, um, me. yeah, does does a tremendous job. And and then I got a, I did the post fight with John Anik, who is the best, you know. And again, not only at what he does, but at the way. He, handles himself as a man as a yeah. person he's a gentleman and he even got one of these you know he he went and, you know he was making me laugh because sir, sir, i had to go after because he did a podcast with us obviously yeah and you know, i had to go get one of those fight t-shirts and <laughs> I, I got him you know so it, it was great seeing all the, and the great charlie Monaghan, who does the directing there and cheyenne who's his assistant who is just again those people make a job not feel like a job you know they and it's not a job i mean i'm talking fights let's be honest (laughs) but uh, there's a lot of harder stuff to do but uh, i've been in the fight business 50 years so it shouldn't be that hard but uh it's a lot easier when you have good people around you yeah and like this is easier because i got you and and i got rob and it was just nice having you guys there uh at the you know at at the potential center with me and knowing you were there and um it's just uh and, and Dana said you know what he asked how the podcast doing <laughs> I told him I said you know how many subscribers I said I don't know I think around 288,000 but I said you know I'd like to get to a million and he said we're gonna we're gonna help you a little bit we're gonna I don't know, I think he said they're going to put it up on their, what would that be? Their their platform, their their Facebook, whatever, their website, whatever. So, I can't, again, I can't say how appreciative I am just of his kindness, you know, and his own humility uh, on the way he conducts himself. Uh, Those things mean a lot to me. The think, whole organization
0: there, even Dave Lockett, who does PR, who helps us arrange the UFC. I, I, He's I met a him total and he was,
1: again, and I told him, I said, we appreciate you just being, a, to, you know, not only good at what you're doing, obviously successful, but the kind of people you are. Really appreciate all of it. And then one of the match, one of the matchmakers came up to me, Sean Shelby, yeah, yeah. It was a couple of them, and and the first thing I had to say was, man, I wish we had you in boxing. (laughs) Really, because you guys make real fights, competitive fights, all the time, consistently, which we don't do in boxing, unfortunately. But uh, it was it was a terrific night, and um, it was good having you there, and it was and now we're together so it's 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 nice and we got a lot to report on
0: oh we got a lot but we've got some beautiful gifts going out to dana and some of the crew at um ufc rob had some beautiful jackets made up you've seen one of them you have one that i think your son-in-law wears now (laughs) but uh yeah those guys have been great it's never lost like you said it's never lost on us how um how supportive they've been and uh you know without the fans and without the supportive guys at the ufc we don't have the luxury of doing this you know there's like we don't get to come to New York for free. There's expenses associated with all the stuff we do. So uh, super happy to be affiliated with those guys in any informal or formal arrangement that they're comfortable with. And uh, look, like you said earlier, this isn't really a job. Well, you don't get to do this if you didn't pay your dues over the last 50 years. That's what people don't see. The plumber shows up, fixes your sink uh, $200. I could have done that in three minutes. Yeah, but I've spent 20 years learning how to do this in five minutes. You could have spent like, you know, the, lot, the next two weeks trying to figure out how to do it. So me, it would have been about a month. <laughs> and then I would have called the plumber. <laughs> exactly. To do $400 worth of work and undo what you've already fixed. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, we have a ton of stuff to cover. There was some boxing boxing action from Mexico, and obviously we were all at the UFC uh, big pay-per-view, Al Germain and uh, Henry Cejudo. But let's jump right in. To me, the face of boxing was in action this weekend down in Mexico. Canelo Alvarez, John Ryder. You summarized it perfectly in your preview for the fight in that John Ryder was made to order, made special, Special delivery for his homecoming, right there to get cracked all night. It was interesting. I was telling Rob, uh, Canelo got the one-sided decision, basically won every single round on one card, won nine out of, 10 out of 12 on the other two scorecards. But it was interesting that uh, Canelo dropped him, I think, around the middle of the sure, fight, I forget, sure, fifth sure. round. Dropped him, sat him you right don't down. why he
1: dropped him? Because he finally straightened the right hand out instead of looping it. He kept looping it, and I was like, maybe he's setting up to straight one, maybe. And I guess maybe he was. He kept looping it and catching him around. He tried to get him behind the ear, but he wasn't. He was catching him on the glove. And then I was saying to myself, when is he going to freaking throw it straight? And then fifth round, he throws it straight behind the jab. And, you know, right down Broadway, it lands on the chin. But because- well, the last
0: thing I wanted to say about that was, uh, it was interesting after the fight rider was at the press conference talking about um, the fight. And he said, ah, Canelo, I think he's losing a step. He couldn't get me out of there. Now, as, as he's saying this, he's got his face all bandaged up. His face is a mess, his nose he's got a towel dabbing the blood because his nose is still bleeding after like, you know, an hour after the uh, fight. His nose blood all night. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, a lot of grit, a lot t- of heart. Oh, tough guy, Does, I mean. The writer. you know, you no knew
1: you were getting that. You, you, and it, you were getting a predictable, slow guy that's not a puncher, uh, that, you know, you can, You can hit, he's predictable. Like I said, he's right in front of you.
0: You were getting that too, but a game gritty guy. Yeah, and with that said, Canelo gets the one-sided decision in Mexico. How'd you like the fight? Basically, I mean, you described the exact, in the setup, in the preview to this fight, you described exactly what would happen and it was like literally on the screws, exactly as you described what would happen.
1: Yeah, and when we did our little thing with my bookie, I said bet the over, you know, because a lot of people like the under, and it could have went under. But here's what I was betting on, what I was bargaining on. First of all, that they were they ordered what, what you know the doctor would order to make you feel better. You know, uh, if you're a fighter and you're coming off a bad performance against an old ancient Triple G. He came off a terrible performance, Canelo. He looked bad, he looked old. He looked like he's sliding. I don't care. What, uh, I know you, you, you guys aren't mad at me saying that, are you? You great, great, great Mexican fans. I love you, but you appreciate the truth. You know, the truth, like you're great fighters. throw that left hook to the liver. That's the truth. Well, there's other truths, too. And the truth is that the man you love, I get it, and I appreciate that you back him and that you love him that way and you support him that way. But two things, and this is going to get, you know, this probably get a few people's blood pressure up a little bit, can Not probably. But it it's early tomorrow we, we want to get the, the, the blood pressure so the up. The hate will but, be
0: flowing on Twitter, believe me.
1: But we'll stay, with, uh, stay consistent, and i stay with my facts of my from my career for almost 50 years of what I see and what I believe, doesn't mean I'm right, yep. but I base it on experience and what I've noticed. Canelo has always been overrated. Now, it doesn't mean he's not a real good fighter, but he's not the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. By the way, I apologize last week when I was putting my list up of great Mexican fighters, and it's a great list because you've got so many great ones. And I put Julio Cesar Chavez, number one, mistakenly, and I don't know, just just a uh, a brain fart? Is that what they call it? Whatever, I'm getting old. I'm not going to take an excuse. But I said Junior. I, I hope you just knew that I meant... You know, <laughs> I don't think I mean, anyone's going to mistake I, 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 Junior if it was, for it was a best, April best fighter ever. Day, it would have been perfect. <laughs> ah, April Fool. But I said Junior. I meant Senior. So I, I hope... I, I apologize for making that that just messing up that way for a second but i meant senior i think you know that he he is not the greatest mexican fighter he's overrated he's he probably lost to Lara he lost twice to Triple G I know it's old news it's old history but he lost the first two especially the first one to true. he lost to Mayweather every round uh, except for that judge that should be in jail <laughs> right uh, he, you know only in boxing <laughs> unfortunately uh, that corruption can n- not only be there yeah, but, but, that judge but never, always be that there that judge never worked again oh, the next day <laughs> the, the next day in probably a premier probably spot in the, in the probably Hall a prominent fame spot but again he if you just look at his resume it's not even close to the resume of your great Mexican warriors fighters there's so many of them but that doesn't mean he's not a real good solid fighter who didn't who didn't progress as the years went on he did he progressed he got better and better like a fine wine, and but now, the reason why I picked the over in that fight, and I broke it down, I said, first of all, it's, it's what the doctor ordered, I'm repeating myself, but it, it's, it's better than an apple. You, it make you feel better. You got a gritty guy, but a slow guy, a predictable guy, uh, a slow-footed guy, a plodding guy, uh, you know, a guy that's easy to find, and he can't punch. I mean, come on. And so it's perfect, and he's going to be there to make you work a little. So it's it's not going to be like you hit him one punch and he falls down. It's it's going to be somewhere you you get something to say, yeah, I I worked, I did something. The more he comes, the more you can hit him. And so it's productive in that way. His grittiness actually plays into it and helps you in that way. Because that's a case where a guy being aggressive is his own worst enemy because he doesn't have a good defense. The only thing he had going right, besides his grit and his great heart, was he was a Southpaw. But I even said, that's not gonna make a big difference because he's a squared up Southpaw. He's not a cutie, he's not a slickster, Mm -hmm. you know, where uh, he's hard to find. And sure enough, he was found. But the one thing that I prefaced was I think it'll go the distance if, 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 Canelo has slid, which I think he has. They for his last performance with Triple G. I think he's sliding back. He's getting long in the tooth. So I said, if he has, and I'm right, it's going to go longer. So we'll bet the over. Now, if he hadn't slid, and that's, that's my exhibit A in his courtroom, that all you have to do is understand reasonably, be reasonable with yourself, not just a fanatic crazy fan, which is your right to be. But be a little reasonable he gets rid of this guy f- three years ago yeah four years ago canelo doesn't take nothing away from Ryder. I, I you gotta love him his heart his fortitude but he gets rid of him a few years ago so just by going the distance with him sort of puts an exclamation point on my point yeah i mean it confirms and validates my point that he has slid and again that's why suggests that if you're gonna bet, you bet the over. Um, but all night long, he found them with good left hooks to the body really again give him credit he his whole body was red (laughs) i mean i don't know if that part of that was paint from the blood you know because he was bleeding so much and it was on the gloves maybe that was part of it but man he was hitting them vicious body shots and we just saw what two weeks ago a guy you know get stopped on a body shot he was eating i'm not saying he hit him in the perfect spot but he was hitting them good body shots and he was catching them Again, the Southport killer I talk about, the right hand. He was catching right hands and body shots. That was, yeah. that, was, that was mostly and pretty much what he wanted. But here's the deterioration in a nutshell of what I think and where he's at now as far as the tangible part to it. He throws one punch at a time, Canelo. He's in there with a guy he could have threw three or four. Mm-hmm. He's throwing one punch at a time, and he's slower to close. He never was fast with his feet, but now he's even slower to close gaps. You know, where he's plotting a little bit, slower to get to you. Even with, with Kovalev, when he had to break him down, and Kovalev got broke down mentally, but when he broke him down with body and with pressure, he closed the gaps faster. That was only a few years ago, yeah. a couple of years. He's slow to close the gap. He's changed where he doesn't follow with that second volley. Like he hits you, he's satisfied. He, he doesn't put that second volley behind the first one that would get you out of there. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't follow up. He doesn't close the show anymore, Canelo, he doesn't. And part of that is physical decline. It's the miles on the odometer. But part of it is mental decline, emotional decline, where he's made so much money, it's not as, I I dare to say it, it's not as important. It's not quite as, maybe when he fights Benavides, if he ever does in the next millennium, maybe it'll become that important. But these fights, you know, his bank account is so big, the urgency is not there, you see, the urgency, and that's part of why he doesn't do the second volley. Why? Because to do the second volley that he used to do a few years ago, it invokes taking chances. And when you're that wealthy and that comfortable, you don't want to take as many chances. Yeah. It's it's the urgency to do it isn't there anymore. The reason to do it isn't there quite the same. There's there's very few people in this world, in this competitive world. Of anything whether it's business whether it's any sport that are like a Michael Jordan yeah that that he always had to he had to do his best he had to find a way he had to you know and there's other guys like that Um, but there's not a million of them Canelo has dissipated physically and he's dissipated as I just said mentally and emotionally where it's it's just not as big a deal to throw those extra punches yeah to go through that effort that risk not as much urgency no and that's and and it was right there for the world to see except for the people that wear those funny-looking glasses that they're called nutty fans. You know, those glasses that, you know, like at the ball games. you know, like you wear when you go to the Boston <laughs> Blue. You know, your beautiful children wear those green glasses. Wear, you know, you, you got different optics.
0: They're shaped like shamrocks. Different optics.
1: You, you, you see what you want to see. You see yeah. what you're there to see. You see your team. And they're great. And they're going to see their fighter. And he's great. But if he wants to being that pantheon of great fighters. He's got to fight Benavides, and, and he better do it sooner than later. But he's got to fight Benavides. You know, he can't keep fighting these guys. He's he has built his resume. And that's part of why I say he's not one of the great Mexicans. He has built his resume on beating guys like Ryder. A lot of them, not all, but a lot of those European fighters that are on his resume, Canelo's resume, are like Ryder at that same you know, level of ability, which yeah. is not this level. Yep. And he's, he's got plenty of those on his record. And other guys do too. But it doesn't allow him to be called the great when you have these Mexican fighters that have fought everybody. Yeah. And some of the great fighters they fought and the wars they fought um, and the abilities they had. So, I, if he's going to get my attention anymore to watch a fight, uh, he's got to go and fight a Benavidez. And I'll tell you right now, He'll have a big problem if he does this and puts the elbows on and just stands there for defensive purposes with Benavides. Oh, yeah. He, he got caught a couple of shots doing that, uppercuts, he got hit. Canelo, he, you know, it wasn't – Ryder found him. Yeah. Ryder was hitting him. He hit him with uppercuts. He hit him with a few hooks from the southpaw position. And if you're going to put the elbows on and you're going to stand stationary and you got a guy that's a willing guy with talent, He's going to hit you. (laughs) And if he does that, I would say that'd be a no-no to do that with Benavides. Because he'll make you pay a much higher price than you paid Saturday night. That's a good point. Against Ryder. For sure. So I I don't want to see these fights no more. And I'm not picking on just Canelo. Uh, I I say that for, you know, all of these top guys. You know, I I don't want to see them, you you know, playing uh you know this musical chairs stuff anymore i I, my grandkids play that you know i i don't want to see i want to i want to see them in there with the top guys you know i i want to see spence and crawford with them with the top guys you know i want to see fury with the top guy i want to see the bigger um brother with the top guy i want to i want to see um you know uh uh, what's his name uh, stevenson with a top guy yeah. i want to see uh you know tanks been fighting the top guys i i want to see that continually yeah. i want to see i don't want to see this other stuff yeah i'm with you what do you think with bivolt and by the way you said the face of boxing canelo i got gotcha. you yeah. but some would argue fury is the
0: face of boxing
1: too that's because but i would, but I would the describe it's always the been attached to, always. to the heavyweights.
0: Yeah. I agree. I just, you know, when Tank won the fight, they were all saying Tank's the new face. I'd still say Canelo is like ahead of Tank in terms of being a draw. Tank's but a hell of a fighter. Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I
1: I don't love the things we hear about him. Uh, and I'm always going to tell you how I feel uh, that I hear about him from his personal, but that's his personal life. I, I don't pretend to know any more about it than... Uh, is put out there for the average person to to hear. So, uh, you know, I don't know him as a human being, as a person, um, so I'm not gonna go heavy down that road, but I will be true to myself and say, you know, some of this stuff I hear, I, I, don't, I don't like hearing, I don't agree or like hearing it. But, um, you know, again, that's his personal life. Uh, he wouldn't be the first guy uh, that's been good in his business that I didn't like some of the things I heard uh, at times, quite frankly. But uh, he's a hell of a fighter and more than just a puncher. Yeah. He's a complete freaking fighter mentally, you know, technically, you know, every way. Yeah. Uh, he he can go get you, you know, he can, he can put punches together. He can counter punch, you know, he can... He can control you on the outside. He takes his time getting to you. He's patient. You know, like I said, he's mentally solid. Um, he's cerebral. Uh, he can punch like hell, but you know he doesn't
0: rely only on that. Yeah. He has these other skills. What do you think? bevol says, uh, "I don't want. I don't want Canelo at 75. I've already. I already beat him there convincingly. If he wants to fight me again, I'll come down and fight him for all his belts Because at he probably don't have a choice. Right, but I think Bevo, I get the impression is that that he's like, hey, I, I don't I don't need you anymore. I've already beaten you. If you want me, I'll come down and take all your belts at 168. Yeah, I want to fight you. really belts. that? I, I hear you, maybe. But I and now I get it, but I
1: think maybe he doesn't get it. It's still the biggest payday is Canelo. So sure. he probably doesn't get that Canelo's people have probably made that you know a demand yeah. uh, a must that he has to come down yeah, well, to give Canelo a, a better opportunity or, or no, I get the impression
0: canelo's saying I'll fight you again at 75 and 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 uh Bevo's saying no I come fight you for all your belt at 160 I believe
1: that when I really hear it when they Bevo in tweeted here, it, it in he, he
0: tweeted yeah. it go Bevo go. tweeted I'm going to no. I want you at your weight I don't want any excuses I no, come but to but
1: you but did we hear did we hear from true, and, and Canelo, true, Canelo true has sources said, that Canelo has said I want him at 175? Yes. I give credit to Canelo then yeah, for saying that yeah. because that's what I want. Yeah. I give him credit. He got beat there. Let him win the rematch there. Yeah. At that, not at a lower
0: weight class. But I can also side with Bivol and say, I already beat you convincingly. Let me come fight you for all your belts and, and I'll be the undisputed. Make it more of a challenge. Yeah.
1: And then grant those belts. That's it. That's a yeah. lot of belts. And and he he's being smart because in that way i tell you how he's being smart in a marketing sense getting people's attention because (laughs) as good as people is he's not known out there you know he's not a real marketable guy he's not a guy making a big money that's why it got my attention he doesn't have to to sizzle to go with the steak the steak is there but he don't have to sizzle with it so that's that's pretty good maneuver marketing wise to get more money and to get people's attention and, you know, to put them in a different light. hypothetically, if he went
0: down and lost a close one, now he can get a third payday at whatever weight class, one-on-one. He doesn't want to lose,
1: though. Yeah. You want to keep that yeah, off Of course. You know, you you want to
0: know how important that always. Just ask Mayweather. He's still cashing in on it. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, listen, uh, another guy who was protecting his own this weekend, uh, Julio Cesar Martinez was in the co-main against Ronial uh, Barista. An I- interesting fight there. Uh, Martinez was a massive favorite. And um, I think around the seventh round, he... Pretty even fight going into the, by, by all accounts, going into the um, seventh round. But on the scorecards, he was way ahead, as you would expect in Mexico. And there was a knockdown in the seventh round. I believe it was the seventh round. And Barista gets knocked down, but the ref rules it's not a knockdown. He just didn't see it. Fair enough. Jose Suleiman, the head of the WBC, goes over, looks at a replay, goes over to the ref, consults with the judges in the middle of the fight. Now at the time, they don't have any, they don't have a replay system in place. There's no procedure or protocols. Let's go to the replay. If you do, no problem. But they don't have it. Head I like of, using the replay. I, I agree with you. But if there's no system in place- ha- you we're just going to make up the rules as we go? I like a replays for a lot of sports that they do but, but
1: there was a replay, though, right? I mean, they did. So go they to go
0: it. to the replay, Jose Suleiman gets everyone's attention, and they go back and they rule a knockdown. There's no mechanism to use a replay in Mexico under the sanctioning body that sanctioned but the fight. But decided to use it. The sanctioning, the governing body, the WBC, the head of the WBC, <laughs> the of the WBC decides it's a knockdown. What he, and pre- it was, And it was what the right for people who know? The He's president the president of, of the WBC. Dictated, the, d- d- I'm sorry. What, I'm sorry. So he goes over and just the rules that are knocked down, And sure enough, the, the ref, the judges, they all change it. Yep, knocked down. Okay. And it was, it was a knockdown. Yeah, but, it was. It they, was a the right call. 100%. But if you don't have, how many times have you seen in sports, uh, uh, the ref makes a mistake, but that's not reviewable under the current rules. Shouldn't
1: that be rules? the job of the ref or, you know, a commission or something of that nature set up by a committee that's, wouldn't this be nice? that's actually non-biased and non-conflicted, <laughs> because here's the point Ken's getting at, and he's so right, that it was the right thing, good, beautiful, but Suleiman, it's not his job, it's not his place to do that, and here's where the danger lies, big danger, but how much more dangerous can boxing get because it's so freaking full of holes, it's like Swiss cheese when it, when it comes to credibility, and you know, people, Pointing that finger of corruption at it this is why how do you how do you how does he get to just make that decision when you talk about conflict of interest he's the president of the rating organization that happens to have martinez as their champion <laughs> That means they get a sanctioning fee from him, and he's from Mexico, where Suleiman's from, and the fights in Mexico. So Suleiman goes and makes sure that his champion, the WBC champion, is going to get credit for the knockdown. And again, it's the right thing. But where's his place? That is dangerous. That he can just go and do that. I, I, I would have trouble, Ken. Uh, help me if you think I'm wrong here, but do you think the other fighter was, I think, from Panama? Was it Panama? I forget (laughs) where it was. I think it was. was. Uh, Barista. Yeah. I I forget where it was from, but it was in Mexico. Rob's going to check. I think it was Panama, but wherever it was in Mexico. I got a funny feeling if the reverse happens <laughs> that he doesn't go
0: to instant replay <laughs> to correct there is, it. There is no replay. How could he? Well, you're not allowed to. <laughs> so. You got to go by the rules.
1: You got to go. Listen, the one thing I made a point to make a little bit of a note to myself that I wanted to make it an analogy just to make it even clearer. If we didn't already make it uh, clear enough, you know, how wrong this is for the reasons that it's wrong, where can you just imagine that would be like the head of say a marketing company, who represents your boy Tom Brady making a decision on a controversial play involving Brady in the Super Bowl (laughs) no seriously yeah I think it's a good analogy the whole thing is laughable laughable no no and dangerous but no 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 because football would lose its credibility instantly I mean it would be shot it would be gone and there's there's things in place to make sure that doesn't happen. The right people are there. They're called referees. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're there to make that
1: call. Yeah.
0: You know, not not the head of marketing. Even the referee have some integrity and be like, back off, dude. I'm in charge of this fight. I've, I've, been, I've been assigned to referee this fight. Usually a strong referee like a Mills Lane takes control and is like, you, get out of here. Can't
1: interfere you with would, the fight. Can you imagine in any other sport it would just... Can you imagine guys? Hey, you guys, can you imagine? It would wreck the credibility of this entire business, the entire brand, the entire sport. Oh, I forgot. It's already been wrecked in boxing. It's already been demolished like a freaking wrecking ball taking down a building. It's, it's a shame, it, it really is. It's a sport I put 50 years into I love, but man, when's it ever gonna get clean? And I wanna thank a guy who is clean, you know, there were clean people out there that been involved, he used to be involved with the commission, he's a great lawyer. He, he works for pro bono for my foundation. You met him, Keith Sullivan. Yeah. Great man, great person. And uh, he, you know, he, he worked for the commission. He he represents a lot of fighters, uh, does a great job. Obviously, I, I wouldn't be talking about him if I didn't think he did. And like I said, he works for the foundation pro bono, helping us help people. Uh, that are in dire need quite often. He brought it to my attention. He's, you know, and he's in the middle of a lot of stuff going on in his life. But he hit me up, he said, Teddy. (laughs) Just, you know, just another, like the late grade he was a friend of mine, I miss him, Burt Sugar, with the cigar and the hat, you know, (laughs) like he used to say, boxing has so many black eyes, it's now the Cyclops. (laughs) There's there's no more eyes to blacken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, see, and see, when I reference somebody and somebody else's ideas and thoughts, I actually <laughs> give them credit. Well, what an awful idea. What idea. I actually give them credit where not everyone does that. <laughs> I hear stuff sometimes on the tape. I say, that sounds like, is that an old tape of mine? <laughs> oh, that's not me. no. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being, I'm 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 being thin-skinned for a second. I'm sorry. I got to be better than that. Batista's from Panama. Uh, yeah, Batiste. did I have it right? Uh, Panama. So Batista, uh, great producer Rob. We want to be accurate here. Not like I was last week when I said, uh, uh, Caesar <laughs> Julio Caesar Chavez Jr. was the number one mexican it was senior but rob made sure that i was right yeah baristas from panama so barista could have scored 22 knockdowns mm. and and they weren't
0: getting scored and uh, they were missed yep well one sport where they're definitely not going to change the rules on the fly is the ufc and like we discussed we were all at the fight you were sitting ringside with the president dana white awesome event per usual, the fans were incredible, it was so nice, and it was nice to be out there sitting with my man Rob, we don't get to spend as much time together with him in LA and uh, me in Nashville now, but it was awesome for the whole team to be together there, and like I said, the fans were incredible but let's jump right into it one of the early fights on the main card we had the Dagestani wrestler uh, Mansar Evolve was in with Diego Lopez, and my god um, when Evolve. When Evlov was announced, Rob looked at me and he goes, holy cow, look at the, look at the line. He was like, I forget what, it was like minus $900. Oh, well, he, he took him. the
1: fight on fight, five days' notice. This is what makes it extraordinary. He took the fight, um, well, no, his opponent, I'm sorry, Lopes. Lopez. Yeah, uh, Lope, yeah Lopes. Diego,
0: Diego Lopes, yeah. Lopes.
1: Lopes. Lopes took the fight on five days' notice, and the fighter, Mozart. He's rated number 10. Yeah. So this is a high quality it
0: Oh, it was was unbelievable. What a fight. I mean, Lopes was like all over him like a cheap suit. He had him in submissions at the fight. Was it the end of the fight when he had him in the leg lock? All I want to say,
1: you keep going, but I'm just going to say Lopes' picture and name should be in Webster's dictionary for toughness. Yeah. I mean uh, I mean No no I'm sorry, no I don't mean to say Lopes. I meant to say the winner. Oh Mozart Mozart, should be in there because he just refused you know, we talk about that about life. Lopes had him in that leg lock, his neck his leg was hyper extended. I I think he's gonna break his arm, break his leg. And and you know what? Eve, how do you pronounce it, Ivlov? Ivlov, e- I think, is how you say it. We didn't hear the broadcast. I, I would say Masa, because that's his first name. Masa, yeah. really, he should be in the Webster's dictionary for for just toughness and resolve, and all those just all those intangible things about what makes somebody really special, where somebody else will give in and and he just refuses to, yep. he, he doesn't know that word. It's not in his vocabulary. He was gonna let his arm get broke. No, I sure. thought it was gonna go, I was like, oh,
0: phew. And even Dana, Dana was like, oh. whoa. Well, I think when he had him in the Kimura, when he had his leg arm locked behind his, behind his back, oh, it was, I mean, it was He incredible. had him in a couple submissions and that, that were tight. And
1: that's why he's where he is, and that's why he's number 10, because of that kind of mentality. I talk about the, the mental strength. I mean, it was on full exhibit there yeah. with him. And he was, again, he just by all intents and purposes he if there's a reason to submit he should have been submitting but there is no reason if you don't allow there to be a reason in life to submit there's just you know and he wouldn't allow it yeah. he just it, it was not Part of the place he was willing to go, yep. he, to go to a place and say, "No, there's no more light. It's only dark. No, no, I'm going to keep going until the light gets back on. But there's no light. It's all dark. It's, it's, I don't care. There's light somewhere. Where's the light? Where's the light? I will tell you where it is. Here. It's in me. And as long as it don't get dark in me, I ain't, there ain't no turning it out." I, I believe, yeah. I, I, I have committed to this. And that, I'm telling you, that was unbelievable. That was a clinic. That was a clinic he gave us. of Again, it made me, I used the word earlier, it made me feel humbled to be in their presence. A, a, a clinic of behavior. Of chosen behavior. You know, you see people complain about things. My finger, And then you see this guy. You see this guy. Whoa! I mean, you talk about a wake-up a little bit. Like, (laughs) hey, guy, get a hold of yourself. Stop freaking feeling sorry. You know, stop crumbling uh, every time something. I'm not saying there's not tough things out there in life that hit us, but some i mean get yourself together yeah you know make remember and i said this last week when I, we give these little life lessons remember the greatest power you have and I didn't know this fight was gonna happen, but it's, it's perfect on the heels of what I said last week. The greatest power that we have is the power to make a choice. Yeah. A choice of how we're gonna behave. No matter how bad it is, it's still our choice. It's not taken away by the him or by the event, by the sky, by the moment. It's your choice to give away. Yeah. And he wouldn't give it away. That it was that simple, that really. I know I'm simplifying it, but it is. Yeah. And boy that was extraordinary and then back to lopes how extraordinary was he uh, where he takes the fight on five days freaking notice yeah right with this monster with a number 10 rated guy lopes take opportunity he jumps on it yep. he goes there. that's what they do that's our like next up that's what they do in dana white's yep. business and he he goes in there and you just said it, Ken. He's got him in an arm, uh, arm hold. He's got him in a leg hold. I mean, he's breaking. Uh, he's breaking a, I, I was uh, like thinking. Oh, remember that song? The the shin bone's connected to the <laughs> ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the leg bone. And, and I'm like, which bone is getting broke? But, <laughs> I, 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 and he. He is good in jiu-jitsu. Yo. I mean, it, you know, it reminds me of our friend, Dustin Poirier, oh, yeah. who might have a big fight coming up in oh, July, yeah. right? We'll, see. well, we'll gauge you, maybe. Yeah. But um, what a fight. But he's always in great fights. But it reminds me of him when FD beat Chandler, right? Oh, like, yeah. He goes, I know jiu-jitsu. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah, really cool. Exactly. Like, I know jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And, and that that's what this guy loves should be, i know jiu-jitsu oh, he, he knows, jiu-jitsu. knows
0: jiu-jitsu he was in there with a the wrestling powerhouse and i loved at the end when montzar called out the great bo nichols i mean bo nichols is a Imagine young guy that? not a lot of experience but in the ufc but yeah, man. he's only got a few
1: fights but this is a that's guy who's an, already a legend oh. i mean from where he's coming from in the wrestling oh, yeah. pedigree
0: right he's a superstar and he's he looks unbelievable in the cage i mean he's that's a that's a that what a hell of a fight that is. Oh.
1: And I want to touch this with some, that I'm sitting with Dana and and Lopes comes over and reminds Dana, five days, and he goes, I know, congratulations, you were great. You know, gives him what you would expect. So I'm going to give him compliments. You were great. Um, Compliments, both of them. But Lopes in particular, you were great, Uh, unbelievable, tremendous. You know." And, and the guy was very humble. These, these tough guys, they're, yeah. they're the real deal. They're humble. He went like this. He said, thank you, Dana. He goes, no, no, no. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I was seeing that side of Dana. What do you think he did? What, what, what you might not expect, but you would maybe hope for, that a person of his power, his position, can do if he chooses to. He said, excuse me, Teddy. I'll be right back. He gets up, and he walks over to the guy when he's getting out of the octagon and he takes him aside, Dana did. See, those things you don't see, you know, Uh on the cameras. And he takes him aside and says, I, you, you were great. Appreciate what you did five days. You were great. And um, tell me when you're ready. We're going to get you back in another top card. You know, we'll get you back in another good spot I meant to ask you You that did any of the
0: other fighters say anything from the cage to Dana that was surprising to you did they all come over and talk to you? yeah they
1: they all would come and acknowledge for the most part uh, you know and um I, I think we're going to talk about it next. I'm trying to remember. I think the woman, which yep, yeah, we'll was pretty extraordinary. Let's, um, let's there, jump but, into. But, unless you got anything else but, on
0: it, um, let's let's jump into the women's fight because it was exciting. Jessica Andrade in there against. And, and Rob's
1: going to put up a replay of Tuskak yeah. down, which last time we did this with the Sanya fight. That's right. Where we kind of like the anatomy of. You know, what not to do <laughs> in yeah. the ring. Anatomy not of to, a Knockout. Yeah, Anatomy of a Knockout and why it happens, obviously. Yeah. Um, he, he put it up great brilliantly in our last, with Adesanya episode, and then put it up separately.
0: Yeah. And it got hundreds of thousands yep. of,
1: of views, so.
0: Yeah, so Jessica Andrade in, in tough against Jan Yan Jan. We'll call her Jan. And- um, Easy for you to say. <laughs> Stand-up battle. Uh, Jessica Draj excellent on the ground, but stand-up fight for while it lasted. And um, as soon as it happened, I said to Rob, I said, watch this, Teddy's over there telling, telling Dana, look at how he catches, a, how one fighter catches the other fighter. Jan catches Andre coming in. So as she's moving in, she catches her with a beautiful shot and knocks her out. Ends it quickly, like beautiful shot. Would you see how you like that it? That doesn't what mean were you you're amazing, question, no, I know. You're right, what you, no, no, you're right on the button. What were you describing to Dana right no, before just, it happened? And what did you think about I I just said out? to
1: well, I said to Dana, you know, it wasn't hard to say from my perspective, where I said that's what happens when you lead with left hooks in front of somebody, and that's a big no-no for me in the teaching realm. You know, I'm a teacher. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to be uh, as a trainer. Not just a guy that says, go do five there, six there, seven there. And I'll get a cup of coffee. I'm supposed to show you how to do it and correct you when it's wrong. I have had a career of driving fighters crazy. I don't like it. <laughs> but I <I'll> jump <laughs> in the ring. I <laughs> jump in the ring and stop the sparring if they lead with a left hook. And they're like, but Teddy, I didn't get hit. You're going to get hit. Let's not wait till that happens. You can't break this rule. That's a no-no. That's taboo for me. You know, there's a lot of them, but this is a main one. Leading with a left hook, come on. And didn't you go to any geometry classes where straight beats round? You lead with a left hook in front of someone with a straight right hand can beat it if, they, if they're not afraid to throw it, yeah. if they have timing to throw it. And guess what? Uh, 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 Jan, uh, I want to get the name, I'll just say Jan. Jan had the timing in though. To know when to throw it, I, and again, I've it, 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 marked down here four things that were on display from a technical point of view, a teaching point of view. Number one, reckless aggression by Andre. No, we love aggression, yeah. but reckless. You know, you got to be effective aggressively. Um, uh, counterpunching by Jan. Number three. That was number two when you lead as i always say but i just said giant no-no leading with left hooks in front your opponent you you leave a pathway to counter right hands and you leave a hole simply put a space and the space is going to get filled maybe and um and then number four i always say and i've said this on this show so many times because she's to drive this into my head that when you have. Two tough fighters, is a prerequisite to be tough. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be tough, there's different levels of it, but you're supposed to be tough. When you have two tough fighters, and obviously both these women are tough, and one is smarter, one is more cerebral, one is, one is technically uh, you know, more together, uh, more developed, they automatically become twice as tough, yeah. and, and they win. Usually they win because of that. And again, you appreciate the toughness of Andre um, and aggressive wanting to get to you, but you have to do it in a more controlled manner. And that's the one thing about Tank Davis. He's aggressive, but slowly and gradually. You know, he's not reckless. Like, you know, probably Ryan Garcia was looking for him to be reckless, have space to counter him. He wasn't going to give him that. You know, he was. Do you remember the? Do you remember the Three Stooges? One of my. <laughs> of oh, I'm going back. I'm dating myself. But oh, Larry and uh, Curly. Yeah, uh, they were great. And remember one of my. I think it was Curly. Uh, he, you know, it was. Uh, and and then there was an episode where uh, the guy says this trigger word, and when he says the trigger word, he goes into something from his memory, <laughs> and he goes Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn. Step by step, inch by inch, and then by and then he starts beating the crap out of uh, Curly or whoever it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Curly's going, you know, like that's Tank Davis and that's a lot of these top fighters that are patient enough in an inpatient place in a common and an uncommon environment where they can inch their way inch by inch, step oh, by yeah. step, Niagara Falls, you know, and i appreciate that i i recognize it that it's not recklessness and and jan to her credit she had this she had the vision and she was able to stay calm and see things in an uncommon environment and knew that she'd get an opportunity to land that right hand. Yeah. and quite frankly andre didn't give her one chance she didn't give her two chances <laughs> she gave her three yeah she she was like Three left hooks in a row like she figures she had it going backwards yeah so she's like one two and then the third one bang the, the right hand you know gets right in that space and and catches and another problem when you get caught that way you don't see it yep. and and it, it has a, a more profound effect obviously on you um but she that's another thing credit to jan because she kind of set up andre where andre probably figured she's going back but she's not set to punch yeah but she did set her foot yeah she set her right foot and bang <laughs> she you definitely know, set so. it up
0: um yeah no, that's great uh, if you've got nothing else on that i huh. want to talk about the co-main but before i do i want to give a shout out to today's sponsors athletic greens they've been with us from the jump as i say every week i take this stuff with me everywhere i go i obviously i had it here in new york if you go to athleticgreens.com use the promo code atlas a-t-l-a-s you'll get 10 free travel packs with your first purchase I love this stuff. 75 whole food source ingredients. It's basically a drinkable daily vitamin. All made from real foods. So even when you're traveling, you're making sure, even if you're eating the healthiest diet, make sure you're getting all your vitamins, nutrients, and minerals. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of the opportunity. And I want to
1: add one thing. Subscribe, please. You want us to keep... A lot of you, we appreciate the heck out of you is how you say that. Even at the at the Prudential Center. I tell you, you guys touch me. You would say, reach out, saying things that I probably I don't even deserve. But you know, like, Teddy, like, thanks. You know, thanks for coming to MMA. Thanks for <laughs> bringing Ken with you. <laughs> you know, thanks for, uh, you know, what you've done in boxing, whatever. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Sometimes that's more important than, some, than anything, to be quite honest. But if we're gonna keep doing this, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Yep. Subscribe. We're at two hundred eighty-eight thousand subscribers, yep. or maybe two eighty nine now, whatever it is, but we want one million. Yep. Please subscribe. Let's do it. Let's get into the code, you, What is that called? Uh VCR, DCR, VCR, Crucial VCR. I know where we we I hear people that always asking people so they say uh if you can't watch it then set
0: your set your dvr oh no like and subscribe and they get an announcement that it's that it's published so if you subscribe you get a notification that you that the episode's up caveman
1: hey <laughs> man just in case you <laughs> forgot caveman over here
0: for the younger crowd of vcr is an old-fashioned tape recorder we'll <laughs> so, talk about that another time they're not time. around no more no. <laughs> <laughs> they went out with the Blu-ray. <laughs> no. Blu-ray ain't around anymore. <laughs> oh, you All right, go, go. I'm depressed. All right, Bilal Mohammed in with Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns on a four-week turnaround um, after fighting uh, Jorge Masvidal. Um, we 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 did we did say
1: we. Bilal. Yeah, we um, picked. And I did a show Saturday. Charlie set it up uh, with ABC. Yep. In my house. Yeah. Saturday morning, actually, uh, a pre fight show for the show that night. Yeah. uh, Where. I did it with, with Brian, Custer, Brian Custer, who's yeah. great, he's yeah. great. And so I did it with him from my house again. And, um, and I said, and Brian Custer, I was busting his chops, he, said, he asked me, who's gonna win? I was like, oh, you gotta ask me this one? Mm-hmm. Because I love Burns, and Burns is hard to go against. you yeah. know." But I picked Muhammad, and part of the reason I picked Muhammad was something that could be a positive, but could be a negative. And I said, you know what, I think it might be a negative. For Burns, who's unbelievable, he's unbelievable. But, and for him to take the fight on 28 days' notice uh, off a tough fight, yep. off a tough three rounds, three five minute rounds, um, and that's o five tough. three
0: minute rounds. Uh, oh, five. Yeah. Yeah. So, was it a five it, fight with it, The morning? fight before
1: the, Was it, it was a main three. event? Yeah. But we'll well, whatever before. it was, to take the fight 28 days later yeah in this business where they're nothing the but tough fights it's very hard to regulate your training or for of that short period to get it right. Yeah. There no, really is to give the right rest. And, right. and one other thing, you're probably dinged up. You're oh, probably sure. like playing
0: a football game, you know? I mean, I'm just not, going through a training camp and then another four weeks of training to get ready, you're, you're gonna yeah, be it. Yeah, and then that up. fight, yep. you're, you're banged up somehow.
1: And so you're going in there without your body, whatever that little, whatever you're banged up for, you're you're unable. Your body's not able to have the proper time to recuperate, you know. And it it kind of shows. Oh, was three
0: five-minute rounds. I'm sorry. Yeah. I no, it no, was a main I don't. Usually fair. when they're in the main event, but yeah, my bad.
1: So, anyway, it was a it was a very interesting. Um, weird kind of flow to the fight. Yes. But interesting, but weird, right? Did you feel that?
0: Yeah, the fans yeah. were not happy with it. They were booing. I don't know a if
1: how... A very efficient fight plan by Bilal, but not exciting, not, not electric, exciting. But, but efficient and thought out, planned out, premeditated, um, and, and it got him, you know, a, a, pretty, a pretty convincing win. Yeah. But I also, taking nothing away from Bilal... I also think that burns there was something wrong with his shoulder, yeah something
0: something was wrong with his left arm. Yeah. he stopped using there it there was at
1: something point. wrong with that. John Annick told me afterwards there was something we don't know to what extreme, you know to what extent, but again it it goes to what I'm saying. You take a fight on that quick notice, coming off just twenty eight days' rest in his business, you're liable to have something wrong, yeah, and it'd be and, hard not to, yeah, so. I'm taking none away again from Muhammad. He did what he had to do, but you could see there was he was bothered with his left shoulder, and but he was also bothered. And I, this is where we got to give credit to to Muhammad. He was bothered with Muhammad's strategy. Muhammad switching back and forth. He switched back, but I was getting dizzy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really. And and what he was doing it was making me dizzy, switching from lefty to righty, lefty to righty. But more importantly than what it did to me and the optics for the fans was what it was doing to his opponent. Yeah, I
0: think it was making him think too much. That's right. That's, that's the way I saw it too. I was like, man, he's got to let his hands go or something. He's going to lose yeah. this, right? And maybe who knows how much he had yeah, to do. But he still true. had another good arm.
1: Yeah. And, and it was just, it was making him, I just think that it was making him hesitant. It was making him hesitant where you can't be hesitant. Yeah. And making him think where you should do instead of just thinking. And And so I thought it was a... Pretty much a brilliant strategy. Uh, I kept him off bounds doing that. You know, I tweeted with my great team. You know, all those guys—they're they're tremendous. Um, that he was like a little bit. He reminded me Muhammad of taking the strategy of the waves in the ocean, where the waves will move the log you know this way that way never let the log get to where it wants to that's kind of the way it felt and was with burns burns was the log and he was just wasn't (laughs) letting the log get to shore because the log wants to get to shore but he wasn't letting it get there so uh again not exciting but another reason i picked muhammad that he needs credit for is he was on an eight-fight win streak, now it's nine. He had one no contest with Edwards, yeah. who's the champion, who's our guy too, comes on air, And we're very proud of, we're proud of all of them, and, and glad to have any of them on air because of the warriors, the samurais that they are, uh, the people they are, the way they represent themselves, conduct themselves in all ways. I mean, the ones we've seen. Yeah. but he was on an eight fight win streak and you know what that means something in the ufc oh yeah in boxing it don't sometimes quite frankly i hate to say it's my business but sometimes it don't because boxing is kind of like going to a chinese restaurant sometimes you get those those menus they're huge they're huge and you got a column A a column B you know Rob you got a column A he loves Chinese you got a column A a column B and a column C and it's like you know I take one from A one from B one from and, and you can get these dumplings you, you know soft dumplings right yeah. guess what boxing does that they give you all these choices of opponents that you can get soft dumplings you can you can choose whatever you want no you can to build up your end to get easy eight wins you can get 28 wins with 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 that there is no chinese menu in ufc (laughs) it's a very short menu and guess what's not on it dumplings dumplings (laughs) there's no dumplings no no dumplings on the menu so when i'm told that burns has an eight fight win streak that tells me he's damn good he's beaten good fighters he's damn good which i already know i've seen him but i mean it verifies that he's how solid he is and one other thing. It tells me he's in a good place mentally. Yeah. And I didn't know if Burns could be counted on coming off 28 days that way yeah. that I just expressed. So that was enough for me to pick, a very hard fight to pick, yeah. but that was enough for me you know, to go that way. And um, again, uh, kept him off stride. He never allowed, and again, I don't know how much was the injury, but he never allowed Burns to get a rhythm you got to get a rhythm. You got to get a rhythm
0: in your marathon races, sure. don't you? For I mean, you're, sure. You're, you're praying to get that rhythm. That's right. And it clicks in and- It's I, funny you say that, because some days you get it, and other days, like at the New York City Marathon that I've talked about, is just like, I never got it. I mean, and I struggled, and it wasn't the best time, but that was one of the races that I was most proud of, because I was like, I did not feel good the, the, the entire day. From the, the first mile, be. I was like, Come Yeah, on. but those
1: are the ones where That's you're tested right. in- That's right. In those deeper ways. That's right. Where you would call yourself a real pro. For for me, that's the definition. Costamano always drummed that also into my head. He drummed a lot into my head. But he would always say, the the real the real recognition of a pro is somebody. It's not someone who gets paid and has a license and says he's a pro. It's somebody who can perform at the at the highest level. Emotionally, physically, technically, no matter what's going on in their life, yep. and no matter how they feel, that's right. That they can find a way, they can get wake up sick, yeah, and, and still go to the office, still go to the, the courtroom, still go to the race, still go, yeah. go to the pitcher's mound. How many times you heard about a pitcher? Or, or I, I remember a fighter. I remember a fighter, Vinny Pazienza, one of my favorite guys, the 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 the, the, Pasmanian devil. devil. He was fighting Greg Haugen for the lightweight title. I'm going back a lot of years, and I was friends with the Duvis, with Lou and them, and Dan, all of them. And I remember Pazienza had a virus, a stomach virus. You don't want that ever, but you don't want that when you're fighting for the world title, your first world title. And I think it was 135 pounds. And he had a diarrhea. So you know what goes with that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you talk about something that weakens you, something that debilitates t- yeah. you. Dehydration. And, and he had no choice. You have a choice. Uh, the fight's here. Yep. He, 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 we didn't plan on this happening, but it happened. Are you going to behave like a pro? Are you going to go get your title or no? Yep. You know,
0: and he went and got it with that so part of that goes with that's why you get up and you for, for with at least with running is why you run when it's raining and snowing because what if that happens on race day no one wants to do it i don't want to go out and run when it's cold and raining but if it does rain and it is snowing and it's cold on race day i know i'm ready for it and i've convinced myself that no one else is whether it's true or not right, right. so yeah to your point it being a pro is means you have to show up hey this is race day never mind how you feel just get out there and do what you do um but let's jump into the main event because sure. that, the, you summarized that uh, that co-main perfectly. In the main event, Aljamain Sterling retains his title against the great Henry Cejudo, the triple of Olympic listen, gold medalist. And always
1: transparent. Just took credit for being right about picking Muhammad. Yeah, I was wrong. Yep. I picked Cejudo. Yep, but. I'll let you take us the rest of the way, and then I'll get more to it. But I thought Cejudo won. Yeah. And, and no, uh, you can't go crazy either way. Split decision. Can't go crazy either way. But uh, but I didn't get the winner. I picked Cejudo. Uh, yeah. So that
0: one, I, was, I didn't pick the right guy. Go ahead. Like you said, very tight fight. Split decision goes to uh, Aljamain, Sterling, um, all stand-up very very little i expected to see more ground action henry sahudo's an olympic gold medal gold medalist But but really is with uh, good on, on the mat too. Gold and medalist so- means you're the best in the world so, so i expected to right. see i expected to see some of it but uh Man, you're right, you're they right. were both, they but were a steel me. Sterling meet. is so physically strong. Strong, wow. Did you see when he went for a takedown at one point on Cejudo so and night, sprawled? So. He did a full split to keep Aljamain's arms from getting together on the double leg. Like it so was it was incredible. I mean, the athleticism on display, the physiques on these guys, they were both like little fire hydrants of muscle. Sterling's so big though. Unbelievable, un- yeah, so much more muscle. I, oh, what a fight. But yeah, t- very technical, strategic fight. At times, I felt like neither one of them. Like we talk about aggression, there was no reckless aggression in this fight. It was like couldn't, very couldn't be str- strategic. Because you're,
1: you're you're being a problem
0: real fast if you're so, reckless. Yeah. So Jermaine retains the title, split decision. What'd you think? What were your takeaways? I know you thought that uh, Sohudo won a close decision.
1: Yeah. What Dana think? Did he tell you when it no, was No, no. I I was in the back for that fight. Oh, okay. Because I was working. I, at that point, I went in the back and then I got ready right after to go on the air with John Anik and and then with Megan,
0: uh, uh, and um, and then some of the other guys. I got a question it. before we could. Let me take a second. Cron Gracie fought in the in the opening of the main yeah. card. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, i I was telling it, Rob. But he's all he's all Matt. I mean that's it. But in the that's, UFC, I, I mean, was saying to Rob. I've not seen in a long time where a guy comes to the UFC and has one trick. He, it's on you can't one do trick it. Party. And we saw that. What was Dana's reaction? Because the crowd was I don't not know. happy. We didn't talk about it, but Oh, okay. But all right, then we can skip he, that. Yeah,
1: but I, it's a good question though to bring that out. I, I watched that and I was still in the back getting ready for the show, so I watched the first fight on the the TV there, and before I went out in the, you know, inside with, with Dana. And I thought the same thing, I said, wow, this guy's all Matt, he's all Jiu Jitsu, he's all Gracie. You know, that's what they're famous for, obviously. But it's a different time than it was 30 years ago yeah. in the infancy of UFC, where you could get away with that. Now you got to be able to be a little more rounded. I've and not seen someone you know, in
0: the UFC pull guard, meaning like jumped out and purposely pull the guy on top of him. I haven't seen that in ages. No, that's a Jiu Jitsu you move. can see
1: he was so anxious to get him to the floor that he was even
0: Himself, he was know, getting was, punched. Yeah. He was getting pieced up. I was like, I said to Rob at one point, I said, "Geez, I'm no boxing trainer, but move your head just a little bit." Uh, he was just know, one big punch. The but, guy was just lighting him up. Oh, you right. And that even
1: brings more attention, light, and really appreciation and and credit to these guys we just talked about in the two in the cold feature
0: in the main yeah. how well-rounded they are that's right everyone oh goes he's so well-rounded that's it shows you you could be the best jiu-jitsu man in the world if you can't punch and stand with someone and that's all you're going to depend on you can't win at this level with just one trick you can't so be well, just a striker and so you can't too. be so in the in the main how'd you like it let's get back to that one
1: yeah well sterling is big and he's strong as i just said physical and he's long and he uses his striking the length of his striking and the length not only the length advantage with his punching but with his kicks he he uses that advantage
0: pretty well yeah. um, the kicking was unbelievable I mean, yeah both of them. and
1: but i thought that you know all the rounds were close very uh, for the most part they were very hard to decipher uh, you know, you, you could, but it was it was it was close. You could make arguments in some of them either way, and some of them they were won at the very last seconds. I thought each one of them might have won around. I forget which one it was. I think I made a note, but uh, and I look at it. But each one of them might have won around or stole around. round, yeah. kind of like Sugar Ray Leonard did against Marvin Hagler. Yeah, you know, the last minute. The last. Yeah. But in this case, it might have been the last 20 seconds, where with a takedown or with you know with something um, dramatic, where bang, close round, he won it. You know, he might have won it with the last 20 seconds. They each had a round like that, I believe, and for me first of all how extraordinary are you coming off three years off yeah retired now john jones showed us that you know it's not impossible Mm -hmm. that you it doesn't have to be a negative now i don't know how much it impacted so we'll say it had to impact him a little but it didn't show he didn't look like a guy that was off three years it didn't show i'm sure it did a little but didn't show i have an argument the other side of the coin to say that maybe it helped him because here's a guy who was a champion at multiple weight classes, great, great UFC champion, and he retires. And he said, he had talked about it, that he was burnt out. That he felt burnt out, uh, you know, and he needed a reprieve. He, needed a, he, he retired for a reason. He felt burnt out. In his case, I think he got revitalized by the time off. Yeah, I, I think that the time off rejuvenated him
0: yeah well, he's Ment- been very active in the coaching he's been in the gym mentally, for
1: sure. yeah. mentally more than physically where there was never nothing wrong with him physically but mentally he was starting to deteriorate according to his own words yeah and you could see that he was refreshed by the time off and he was coaching gave him a different perspective that where he was coaching during that time so he was staying active his body it's not like his body was going to hell mm-hmm. you know he was still staying in the domain of of you know good habits and you know being being fit so i didn't see any negative component to his being off even though there might have been uh and i saw him doing what he had to do he was out physical by this guy with how strong he is and how long he is but he was using his championship experience to to make it a close fight he used his experience and he was testing sterling in different areas and i thought that as much as sterling they're both good well-rounded I, I thought that Sterling probably had maybe a little edge on the mat. I thought, and it was very close, but I thought Suhudo had an edge striking. Yep. Maybe slight, but he had a little edge. And I thought where he got that edge striking was he started closing the gaps really well. Really well and safely. Which is hard to do with a guy like Sterling, oh, yeah. long and you know, and and strong, and and tall and so big, uh, where he his range is longer than yours, he can catch you while you're there and you can't catch him till yeah. you're here. So Hudo did a good job getting him into positions where he closed the gap the right way, where and where in spots where he forced Sterling backwards where he wasn't set, and he could catch him going back, and I thought he made the most of those spots. There wasn't a lot because there wasn't a lot on either side to differentiate from. Neither side was given a lot. These guys were like, you know, like they say, Eskimos in the, uh, in the winter. They, were, they, they weren't giving away ice. <laughs> you know, they don't give away nothing. Yeah. And you got to earn it. You got to take it. Yeah. And you got to be careful. And You got to know what the are doing earning it at this level with these talents because it's dangerous footing in there if you make a mistake. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. So I thought Cejudo, it was real close. I had it as tight as you could be going into the fifth. And I thought Cejudo took the fifth. Yeah. So for me, I tweeted out, whoever takes this fifth, for me, I know that, listen, the guys at ringside, Rogan, DC, all these guys, I mean, they're great. Anik, but these guys are the experts. I, I, will not argue with them. They saw Sterling, that's good for me. I can only go by what I saw. And, yeah. I, and I say it, I'll qualify it by saying, if it's boxing, I don't qualify it. But it's this, all right, I'll take a back seat to you. Um, you know. But I still felt that my sense of things told me slight for Suhudo, yeah, For the reasons that I'm, I'm pointing out. Uh, I, I just thought that he, I, like I said, I thought it was tight enough where it was one of those fights where, you've seen him before, where whoever takes the last rounds can yeah. win it. I thought it was that, and I was wrong, I guess, obviously. It reminds me kind of like when you think back how it can change things so dramatically, that one round. You go back long enough, which I go back, uh, when there were 15-round fights, you had a fight that doesn't get enough credit, doesn't get enough play. It was one of the greatest rounds and last rounds ever. And we've had a lot of great rounds. Mm. Gaddy and, 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 um, and, and Gaddy and-, um, Mickey, and Mickey Ward. Mickey uh, Ward, Corrales, and Castillo. I mean, we've had, and then you go back even further, forget about it, you had Boza Edwards, and Bobby Chacon, and Bazooka Lamont, all these guys fighting just incredible fights and incredible rounds. But Larry Holmes and Ken Norton, nobody talks about that enough. Fifteenth round decided. Whoever wins this fifteenth round is going to be the heavyweight champ of the world, and it's going to change the the trajectory of their life. Uh-huh. And it did, because Larry Holmes won it and went on to be a multi multi millionaire. He owns half of the town of Eastern Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know, and he he had almost more title defenses than John Lewis. I don't know if he had more, he tied it, whatever, but he went on to be a great heavyweight champion. And it came to that one round. For me, that that's kind of how it should be in a title fight. In, a, yeah. in an anticipated fight that we're all waiting for, that we're all you know, anticipating, if it's that kind of fight, if it turns to be that kind of fight, like sometimes Super Bowls, you got all the hype, but it doesn't turn out to yeah. be. But once in a while it does. Yep. And what should, why does it? Because it comes down to a last second play yep. in the fourth quarter on the goal line. And for me, that's what you're looking for. And I thought that it might have came down to that. Yeah. that. That, okay, just like Holmes and Norton, whoever wins this last round, the fifth round, wins it. And it didn't quite play out that way. Yep. But I have no nothing to begrudge here, nothing to get mad about. Uh, I don't have a right to anyway. But... They both behaved like champions, they fought like champions. And the one thing that I want to give a little extra, I give a lot of credit to Cejudo, I want to give more credit to Sterling. One of the reasons I took Cejudo, I thought he might be a little mentally stronger. I did, I thought he might be. Sterling is so good, but I didn't know if he was mentally there, he is now. Because by winning the title, I always said the old times will always tell me, it improves your 30%, um, just winning it, the mental part of it. He he has matured enough. He has seasoned enough. He's there. He's there. I wasn't sure if he was there to the level that Cerruto's there. Yeah. But that's what uh, that's what won the fight for him. At the end of the day, because he was there at that level mentally. Because if he wasn't, Cerruto would have exposed him in that area. Yeah. He would have. So for me, I give. I give credit to both of them. I give credit to Sterling uh, for his everything, his mental fortitude, you know, his being a champion. Uh, I give great credit for Suhudo coming off three years uh, to make it that tight, to make it that competitive. Both of them are, I, I can't say more, in a more flattering way than they
0: fight like champs and they behave like champs, yeah. inside and outside the ring or the octagon. No, perfect summation. And they had uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley jumped in the cage afterwards, setting the I stage. got a little but. Of that. <laughs> but
1: that's what O'Malley does. He's like a yeah. O'Connor O'Gregor. Yeah. Uh, O'Connor, O'Connor, O'Connor McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. You, you know, you, that's his thing. His thing is the sizzle. He's a good athletic fighter. Very good. Now he's going to, if that happens, he'll get really tested. Yeah. Really tested. Yeah. Some people thought he lost two fights ago. One Peter fight gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought he might have lost, to be Them honest. Including us, but, yeah. But very athletic. Athletic, but he's the sizzle. You know, he—you got to have the entertainment component if yep. you want to make extra <laughs> extra right. dough. And um, and and the UFC loves it because you want to have those guys. Yep. you want to mix those guys in, and he's that guy. That's you right. You know, he's that guy, and so he did what a, what that
0: guy should do. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way that they would do it, right? Jumped in there with his Michael Jackson jacket on, the red leather yeah, jacket. I'll show you <laughs> Well, Teddy, that's a pretty thorough breakdown of a a great weekend. This was a
1: nice episode. This
0: was good to be with you
1: guys. Uh, We're here in the in the gym where you. You like to
0: be, you know. Yeah, you like I'm to glad be. you pointed out Rob's um, passion for Chinese food, big beef and broccoli. Well, guy. I know
1: that you guys got to go catch a plane, <laughs> and you got right. to fly back. Him to LA, you to Tennessee. Yep. Right. I'm going to see my son's yeah.
0: football game. He's going to be surprised to see that oh, I could make great. it. That's and, great. Uh, Rob goes back to LA.
1: Yeah, just don't, Rob. Do me a favor. Don't get any Chinese food there.
0: <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, I'm really, teasing Rob. He I, doesn't eat meat. I either. want you to be
1: here with us next week. <laughs>
0: Especially not at JFK. No, you guys are vegans. So he's a real vegan. He's are a you? hardcore vegan. Yeah. I, I like cheat a little bit. He's
1: a vegan too. <laughs> except if you go to Peter Lugas. That's all right. Of a That's fair. You, you get Peter Lugas steak, all of a sudden, hey, Ken, I'm sorry you can't enjoy this. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm, but you're a vegan. Not, not completely. Not today.
0: <laughs> I'm not in a cult. Anyway, Teddy, that was great. Guys, thanks for being with us. Like Teddy said, please subscribe to the show it means a lot to us and we'll be back next week with some more entertaining action